Welcome to the Sunday morning service. You're listening to the First Century Apostolic Church FCAC Tema Community 5, Ghana. We preach, teach, and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is the following the steps of the apostles and disciples of the First Century Church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Get ready, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God, brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. prompt for our morning church services. Your life will never be the same again. God richly bless you as you join us in the service. Father God, we thank you for having received us into your presence. Well, Lord, we come in the name of Jesus, and we have come through the power of the Holy Spirit. Knowing the Lord, we are coming before our Lord and our God, and not unto any man. Lord, we are ready for your word. For your word is spirit, and it is life. That the entrance of your word this morning, again, will bring understanding to the simple. That your word will dispel, drive away every form of darkness and deliver us from bondage. Let your word magnify, glorify your name in the life of everyone who hear this word today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Shall we all be seated? This morning we're looking at the the final part of our motivations. Motivation number four. We've dealt with one, two, three, and today we look at motivation number four. The last of the last in the series. The title is motivation number four. And that is reconciliation. Reconciliation. Number four is reconciliation. Title today is motivation number four. Reconciliation. And our scripture is from the book of Second Corinthians, chapter five, verses eighteen to twenty one. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 21. If you there, give me an amen. Okay. 2 Corinthians 5, beginning from verse 18. The Bible says here that now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconcil reconciling the world to himself, not imputing or reckoning their trespasses to them and has committed to us 
the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. Although God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Just say reconciliation. In our discussion of motives for serving God, in our look at motives for following Christ, we have said that a motive is defined as the reason for doing something. Your motive is the reason why you are doing something. And I believe that there's nobody in this world who does anything without a reason. We all have a reason for doing something. And very often, the reason is that we expect something beneficial, something that will help us at the end. By the time we finish doing that thing, we should receive something beneficial or something rewarding. And when the motive is good, when we have a very good motive that we reason why we are doing something, we then become motivated. It motivates us. It encourages us. It's, it empowers us. And uh, when we have the assurance, when we have the assurance that at the end of the day, that motive will be achieved, we'll get that thing, we, we endure and we persevere. To endure is to suffer all kinds of challenges and not fall or go back. To persevere is to actually go forward whilst you are enduring. You, see, you can endure and be standing in one place. At least you're not falling down, you're not going back. But to, to actually persevere is to go forward, move on toward that goal whilst we are still enduring. And that must be the attitude of every believer as we follow Jesus, as we worship God. We must have a motive, a motive for doing so. Otherwise, when challenges come, when temptation comes, you fall, you backslide, you go back because you don't know why you are following Jesus. Or the reason why you are following Jesus is, is a bad reason. It's, it's not the correct one. So God will not even empower you. God will not, God will not strengthen you. And when, you, when your motives are genuine and they are good, your motives are sad that God is happy with the reason why you are in the house of God, he will empower you. And just may God empower you all. May God empower every one of us. The message of reconciliation. This morning we're talking about reconciliation. See, the message of reconciliation is this. God has made it possible for man to be brought back to him. When we say reconciliation, 
that message of reconciliation means that now God has made a way. He has made it possible for man, for you and me, to be brought back to God. And that's a, that's a, a, a big thing. It's a huge thing. Very often, people are in churches for very flimsy reasons. If, when you look at these motivations that we looked at, first we look at number one, which is heaven. Heaven. Number two, judgment and reward. If you've been to a court before, you know, you understand what judgment is like. When you, after you've been tried and you're going for the judgment day, uh, it's not an easy day for you. You can't eat. Judgment. Number three, last week we looked at the love of Christ. And we demonstrated how painful it will be if somebody loves you or you love someone. And the person tells you that he doesn't love you back. Very painful. And today we look at, we look at reconciliation. The possibility that man can now be brought back to God. These things may look like unattractive because very often we set our minds on the things on the earth. You see, man, most of the time, set his or her mind on the things of the earth, things in the world. And therefore, these things all pertaining to things in heaven may look unattractive to most people. But these must be, the fact is that these must be the reasons, our reasons, for worshiping God. The reason why you are serving God is not because of your business, not because you want your business to boom, or you want marriage, you want to have children. Yeah, these things can be added to you. After you have sought the kingdom of God first, and his righteousness, God can add these things to you, but they must not be the primary reason why you are serving God. Reconciliation. The fact that now God has made it possible for man to be brought back to God. Praise the Lord. Because when you look at Romans 3, Romans 3, verses 23, 26, Romans 3, verses 23 to 26. The Bible says, Romans 3, verse 23, that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means we are separated from God. We can't come near to God. Being justified free of charge, freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Verse 25. Whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God has passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. 
All have sinned. And falling short, the glory of God. We are separated from God. We cannot come near God. Alienated from God. But now, God has made it possible for man to be brought back to God. And that's what we're talking about here. Now, the reconciliation therefore means reconciliation means to change from enmity to friendship. When we say you are reconciling with somebody, the person was your enemy before. You didn't want to see his face. You couldn't stand him. You were not talking to him. He was an enemy. Now, you are being reconciled to that person. Now he becomes a friend. Now you shake hands, you embrace each other, and you begin to have a relationship. So, reconciliation means changing from a relationship of enmity to that of friendship. And that's why Jesus calls you his friend. May you all be friends of Jesus. Praise the Lord. May you all be friends of Jesus. Imagine how, how, how good you feel. You feel very good. If your president calls you his friend, wouldn't you feel good? But now God calls you his friend. That should make you feel not even better, but best. May you all feel best. Hallelujah. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Reconciliation means to bring together, bringing together, to restore, restore. It means, it means two persons who had allowed something to separate them are now restored and reunited. Reconciliation tells us we are two people who somehow, one way or the other, something got between them. There was a fight, a quarrel, disagreement. So they separated. Went his own way. But now they have been brought together and reunited. So these are all saying the same thing. Same thing. Different interpretations of reconciliation. But they all mean that God has not made it possible for man to be brought back to God. And the thing that separated man from God or God from man was sin. One thing, the only thing that separates God from man is sin. And sin simply means the breaking of God's laws. When you break the laws of the, of the country, laws of the nation, it's considered to be a crime. It's not sin. When you go to court, don't talk of sin. Crime. When you break the laws of the land, you have committed a sin. Sorry, you have committed sorry, a crime. And therefore, you are tried, arrested, tried in court, and judgment is passed. And if you are found guilty, there's a penalty that you pay. In the same way, when you break God's laws, it's considered to be a sin. So, that makes you a sinner. It means that judgment is waiting for you. As long as that sin remains, you are, first of all, separated from God. You become an enemy of God. 
you are alienated, an alien God. And waiting for you one day will be judgment and the penalty that goes with it. Hell. You see, but God made man in his own image, in his own likeness. God made you and me in his own image. Like how your children resemble you. You know your children, every child resembles his parents. And God having made you in his image and likeness, he cannot just look on, unconcerned, and let you perish eternally with the enemy, Satan. He cannot let just Satan come and take you away and to be with me in hell forever. So he had to do something. And what he did reconciliation to make it possible now for man to leave Satan, leave the sin and come back to him. Praise the Lord. I'm going to do a little sketch, a play. A play that I have written myself. Hello? Today we are going to be in the, in the theater. Shakespeare. First of all, can I have a, can we have one of the baskets, the offering baskets? Is, is any of them free? An offering basket? One offering basket. Anything else that is free? Or is, that, is it free? Okay, yeah. It's empty. And um, I shall need two brethren. Two brethren. Two. Any, any two brethren? Two volunteers. Okay, you can, you can be one volunteer. Since you are here already, one more, one volunteer. You stand over here. So let me take that, cover it. Cover it. Let me take that from you first. Okay, let's put this down here. Okay, right. Now, <clears throat> um, it begins with God. Everything be began with God. So, I will assume I'm not God, but let's, for, the, for the purpose of the sketch, the play, let's all assume that I am God, which I'm not. But it's because of the Shakespearean play. I'm God. And this is man that God has made. And initially, God had fellowship with man. You know, God and man were buddies friends, you know, close, fellowship, communion. God, God made man in his own image, his own likeness. And um, everything was fine. Everything was fine. And then something came between them, the two of them, between God and man. Something that God is allergic to. God cannot stand. God cannot tolerate. And that thing came from the devil. We will not we won't ask anyone to represent the devil because none of you is a devil. So let's assume the devil is there. We will not ask anyone to. So now, the devil deceived man. The devil saw the relationship between man and God and he envied it. Skin pain. So the devil said that the only thing he can stop this friendship is by bringing in something that 
God doesn't like. God cannot stand. What can he do? So he brought in sin. And he deceived man and gave the, this is the sin. This is the sin. And sin always contains something that man likes. Sin is not that sin. Sin always contains something that man likes. It can be money. It can be immorality. It can be, it can be anything. You know what I'm talking about. So the devil deceives man and then gives sin to the man. In fact, he put the sin on his head, carry it on your head. <laughs> so man is carrying the sin. And immediately, God casts man out the Garden of Eden. Now there's separation. As long as man is carrying that sin, there's separation. Man cannot have that fellowship with God anymore. Man has become an enemy. God is allergic to that sin. They can't go near each other. And the Satan is very happy with that. Very happy. Because then, as long as man is carrying that basket, then Satan now is taking man with him to hell. Very happy. Man has now become an enemy of God. Then we have Jesus. You are Jesus. You, you like to be Jesus? Okay. So now we have Jesus comes in. Who is come this way? Who is the Son of God? Who, who has all the fullness of the Godhead? So Jesus is God. It's God Himself. So God said, What can I do about this? How do I save man? Unless I take the sin from him, there's no way I can be reconciled to God. I cannot have fellowship with man anymore. So what do we do? Somebody has to take that sin. And the sin is stuck. It's stuck to man. It's so firmly adhesive. It's like super glue. It's fixed to man like super glue. The only one who can take it away is God himself. No one can take it except God. And the penalty for doing that is death. Death by someone who is sinless. Because you cannot pay for sin with sin. <laughs> sin, you can't take sin away with sin. So the person has to be sinless. And that means God himself has to do it. Only God can do it. So God sends his son Jesus to take away that sin from man. He had no sin, knows no sin, sinless. Isn't there anything wrong? God is God. But he has to take away that sin. And the only way he can take that sin or she, okay, let me use, shall I use he or she? Okay. The only way he can do that is by dying. By dying. So Jesus comes. God sends his only begotten son, Jesus, to take away the basket. And in taking away the basket, now Jesus dies. And because he's God, God raises him again the third day. And he takes away the sin. So now, man is now once again reconciled to God. Praise the Lord. Clap your hand for Jesus. And this should be the ideal state. This is how God wants it. But because of Aswadim, because of hardness of hearts, 
Though God has made this, all this reconciliation possible by paying a very high debt with his own begotten son, penalty, price, God dying, who knew no sin for man who has committed a sin. This is man. We have three kinds of men. There are many men, especially in the FCAC, who are reconciled to God <laughs> and remains reconciled. May you all be reconciled to God. Amen. Praise the Lord. But we have others maybe in other churches <laughs> who, though they are reconciled, now and then, now and then when God is not, when God is looking away, when, God is, when God's attention is somewhere else, you know, when, when they think God is not seeing them, they will go back and take the sin. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Then when they see God coming out, when they see God coming out, they give back to Jesus. So they, they keep going and coming. Thinking that God has not seen, but God sees it all. Yeah, they pretend to be reconciled. But when they think that God is not watching them, then they go back and take away them. Because there's something in that basket, that's something that they, that, that they like. It can be money. Money. It can be girlfriend or boyfriend. Praise the Lord. It can be pride. It can be anything. There's something that they, no, they like the reconciliation. There's still something that they like. So when they think God is not watching them, are you watching, are you watching the, the sketch over at the back? Okay, please watch. Then they go and take it. Praise the Lord. But no, that, that's not reconciliation. Then that person is not fully reconciled. And God is not happy with that. Number two. There are also those who Jesus is taking their sin from them. We can't say a struggle. They don't want to let their sin go. You see? Uh-huh. There are also those that, though the reconciliation is available, yet they are not ready to let go of that sin. So it's like a tug of war. It's a tug of war between Jesus and them, and God is pleading, pleading, please let go of that basket, but they will still not let go. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. They want to be reconciled, they like, but they don't want to let the basket go. And finally, there are those who reject. They are carrying their sin. And when Christ comes, oh, no, I, I, go away. I, don't, I, I, like, to, I like it. Just, just go. Don't, don't touch that basket. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But the situation that God wants us to have is to have this sin off completely. And then Jesus, God, man, and the Holy Spirit are all reconciled as one. And maybe so with everyone in FCAC. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Take your seats. God bless you. So, youth, uh, Christmas, you act this play for us again. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Did you understand that? So now, decide where you belong. 
you as a Christian or claim to be a Christian, whatever you are, whether in Michelle Camp, uh, Teshin, decide, having watched this short play, decide where you stand. What is your relationship with God as far as reconciliation is concerned? Hallelujah. Romans 5, 8 to 10. Romans 5, 8 to 10. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verses 8, 9, and 10. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now Christ died to take away our sins. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So now, the Bible is now comparing. And look at this. Look at carefully. The Bible is now comparing your present situation and what you were before the reconciliation. Before you were reconciled, God still, God still loved you. But now that you are being reconciled through the death of his son Jesus, a very, very high penalty has been paid. A very high price has been paid. There's a price, a very big price that has been paid on your behalf. So now, you see, when you pay a price for something, church, isn't it? When you pay, you see, when you go to buy something from the shop and that thing costs one CD, you buy the thing for one CD. And something that costs a thousand CDs, which one will be more precious to you? A thousand CDs, yes. So now, if you have been bought, your, your price on your head has been paid for with the blood of Jesus, the life of God, then you say that now that you have been reconciled, now that you have been reconciled, then, I mean, it means that now there's nothing, nothing now that you can wish for, pray for, that God will give it to you, including salvation. If God will give you salvation, then what, what would he deny you? Therefore, Jesus said, ask whatever you like, whatever you desire, and it shall be done for your church. May God do for you whatever you desire Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let me hear you clap your hands for Jesus. Amen. When you understand these things, no one can deceive you. No one can trick you. No one can fool you or cheat you. There's an act of reconciliation. Reconciliation involved an act, action. The Bible says in verse 18 that now all things are of God. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 18. Now all things are of God. The NIV said all this is from God. Now all things are of God. The NIV says that all this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Three persons are involved in reconciliation. Three persons. God the Father. Of God being that God himself was the first person involved in the act of reconciliation 
of man to himself. God, or the Godhead, was the initiator. Reconciliation, coming back to God, was not something man could start. You and I couldn't have done it. We couldn't have started it. Didn't even occur to us because we're enemies of God. We separated from God. We didn't know what was going on. So God had to take the initiative. And God Himself was the first person to be involved in the process and the act of reconciliation. And therefore, as a believer, when you think of this, then that should motivate you to stay reconciled. When you look at the work that has gone into it, the divine wisdom, God's wisdom, God's sacrifice, God's mercy, God's grace, that has gone into the act of reconciliation, you simply cannot ignore it. You cannot despise it. You cannot turn your back on it. No way. That should also motivate you to stay reconciled. Stay reconciled. And may we all stay reconciled. The second person is Jesus Christ himself. Because God reconciles us to himself by the substitution death. You call it substitution death of Jesus Christ. One person dying in the place of another. And not just one person, but the person who has committed no crime, no sin, dying in the place of the other person who has committed the sins and therefore deserved to die. The innocent dying for the guilty. The sinless dying for the sinful. That's what we're talking about here. And that's Jesus Christ. That's the part that Jesus played. God the Father initiates it. Jesus, Son of God, plays his part. So teaching death. 2 Corinthians 5.21 5.21 again. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You think of this. One day when we stand before God in heaven then the meaning of some of these words become clear to us. And then we will know we then appreciate. We say, uh-huh, But even if you don't understand it, just take this word. Take it as it is. Because one day, you will surely understand it. May you even now understand it today. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands for Jesus. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 to 22. Colossians 1, 19 to 22. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 19 to 22. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell. It was God's plan that in Jesus the Godhead should dwell. For Jesus is God. And by him to reconcile all things to himself. And by him, verse 20, to reconcile all things to himself. By him, 
whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, it may look like from this scripture, just listen to this, from this scripture, it looks like when man became separated from God through sin, when the reconciliation was broken, there are some things also in heaven that were separated from God. There were some things in heaven, some things. This is a, this is a big mystery. That were also separated from God. In the same way as when man fell, we talk of the fall of man. Fall of man. When man sinned, a man became naked, sinful. You know, man saw that he was naked. We forget that at the same time, all of creation, creation also fell. Because creation was under man. God had given authority to God over creation. So man having fallen, creation couldn't be higher than man. Creation could not be higher, more glorious than man. So with the fall of man, creation also fell. And all of creation is then began to go through corruption. There's a decay. Decay. Things are getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And things will continue to get worse. It doesn't matter what man can do. As long as man is getting worse, and man is getting worse, the world of today isn't like the world of 50 years ago. Man is getting, the world is getting worse. And therefore, things are getting worse. And it will get to a time when things are so bad that Christ will have to come in and restore everything. So it looks like Christ also, God had to reconcile to himself some things in heaven. So he said, whether on the earth or in heaven, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So your staying reconciled to God makes it possible for some things in heaven also to stay reconciled to God. Church, isn't this a big mystery? Clap your hands for Jesus. Colossians 1, we're looking at verse 19-22. Hello? Verse 21, and you, now talking to you, about you and me, and you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Amen. The third person, of course, the Holy Spirit, working in and with men, ministers and believers, in the ministry of reconciliation. It's the Holy Spirit working in you and me uh, in the ministry of reconciliation. God the Father has done his part. God the Son has done his part. Now, we are in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the ministry of the Holy Spirit is working in men, through men, empowering men to accomplish God's plans here on earth. And that's where you and I come in. This is where we come in, in the process, in the act of reconciliation. And that's why God needs you to be reconciled, because without your reconciliation, the Holy Ghost's work cannot go on. There is a ministry of reconciliation going on right now. And that involves believers 
ministers, church workers, church members, believers. We are all co-workers with God. You are a co-worker with God in the ministry of reconciliation. Ambassadors of Christ. Therefore, believers are to proclaim the gospel. We are to proclaim with the power of the Holy Spirit the gospel message of reconciliation. Otherwise, it will never be heard. Otherwise, it will never be heard. How can they hear? Unless somebody tells them. Unless somebody preaches. Otherwise, it will never be heard. If we're not here now preaching this word, if churches are not preaching the word, this message will never be heard. And unless you hear, you cannot believe. Unless you hear of Jesus, you cannot have faith in him. So church, we are all in this ministry of reconciliation. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. Now, the reconciliation message is a message that demands an immediate decision. It's not something that you, you postpone. It's not something that you defer or procrastinate. That message of reconciliation is something that demands an immediate decision. You see, because God has reached out his hand of friendship. God has reached out his hand of friendship. And once somebody reached out his hand to shake hands with you, don't say, oh, keep your hand there, I'll come back tomorrow and and, uh, shake hands. Do do you do that? No. The person demands... Uh, once you, you are thought also to reach out your hand and shake hands with him. The hand of God is stretched out in friendship. And once reconciliation means friendship, friendship means shaking of hands, God's hand is stretched out, you cannot say to God, you are a human being, you are a man, you a mere human being. You cannot tell God that, Lord, you keep your hand there, or next week I'll come. Praise the Lord. So that God will keep his hand there waiting for you. To go and uh, you, keep, you keep postponing. That's what many people are doing now. That's what many people are doing. They keep postponing, postponing, postponing. Yet, God's hand is stretched out. And one day, judgment day, it will be terrible. That's what Paul said. He knowing the terror of the Lord. Paul says, He knows how terrible, how God can be terrible. Knowing the terror of the Lord, I persuade men. He When he gets you, it's a fearful thing. Fall into the hands of the living God. Paul said, Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, he persuades men or panipach or pamwepot show. You can't just let me just persuade men. Reconciliation means God stretching his hand in friendship. And when a hand is stretched out to shake hands with you, you don't postpone it. You simply have to decide. Either you say, No, please take your hand away. But you don't say keep your hand waiting, keep your hand straight. I'll come back next week or, or, or next year or maybe five minutes' time. 
it demands an immediate decision. We simply cannot reject it or refuse it. Therefore, the writer of Hebrews, as in Hebrews 2, the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 2, 3 and 4, Hebrews 2, verses 3 and 4, he says something there. Hebrews 2, 3 and 4, he said, Hebrews 2, 3 and 4, he said, How shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord. This salvation message was declared by the Lord Himself. Reconciliation message by the Lord Himself. And was confirmed to us by those who heard Him. The first people who believed, those who believed and they understood. The first who believed and understood, they couldn't keep it to themselves. So they also began to declare it. Paul tells Timothy. The thing that you have heard from a committed to faithful men who will also teach others. Four involved. Timothy, what you have heard from me, commit it to faithful men who will also teach others on and on and on and on and on. So it was first properly in this final perfect stage declared by Jesus. Then those who heard and understood it, they couldn't just keep it themselves, but they also told others, Lord, if you understand some of these things, you cannot be lazy about it. You cannot be casual. You cannot afford to be unconcerned. This is actually going to say about concern. Concern. When something con concerns you, when something concerns you, it's a, or we are concerned about something, it consumes you. You cannot sit down unconcerned. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And anytime I hear the word, I see the word concern, it reminds me of something that happened in my class when we were in secondary school. You know, you fool around secondary school, little boys, you fool around a lot. So we were in the class and two boys were fighting in the class, which is normal. <laughs> and of course, when two boys are fighting in the class, get in school, they're, hey, 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 hey. Both who, you know, will be on the supporter, one and those who support, uh -huh. So there was opera in the class. Not knowing the assistant headmaster was passing by. And he was an osophil, he was a chaplain. So he opened the door, and here were two boys fighting. And the whole class, hey, you know, noise, opera. And in the midst of all the fighting and the noise, one boy, only one boy, he was seriously studying, reading, unconcerned, no concern. He wasn't concerned. And we thought headmaster would congratulate him that he has done very well. But headmaster said, look at that boy. Two boys are fighting. The whole class is in opera, and he's sitting down unconcerned. Come, you are the one I will punish. <laughs> and he was the one that he was, he was the one that got punished. How can you be in a class, two boys are fighting? You, no attempt to separate them. And the noise that we are still studying, we are a selfish boy. Very, very selfish. Come, you are the one I'm, and he was the one that got punished. 
The boys who were fighting were not punished. <laughs> Those who were making noise were not punished. The one who was sitting down unconcerned. Who were punished. So church, in this message of reconciliation, if you take it unconcerned, you are the one that God may punish. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you agree with me, say amen. amen. And this happened. It's a true story. It's not a fable. It's a true story. In my own class, I think when from one of them, this kind of school, you know, we used to fool around. And the guy got finished. So, the writer of Hebrews says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord Jesus and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Now, God also, again, God, also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. So here we see Jesus, we see God, we see believers, and the Holy Spirit working together in the message of reconciliation. Praise the Lord. Clap your hand for Jesus. Ministers, whether we are a minister, a pastor, or a believer, you are a co-worker with God in this matter. And we are, the message is, your part is to appeal to men. I don't, I'm not saying you should go and stand at Mr. Kunde and be begging people. No. One way or the other, appeal to men to decide now by your lifestyle, if you are reconciled to God, your lifestyle must show that you are reconciled to God. Your lifestyle, your life must be obvious, clear to all that you are someone who is reconciled to God. Your life itself can be appealing, can be so appealing. You don't have to say anything. They will look at you and they will give their life to you. They will give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Praise the Lord. Let your light so what shine. That they may see your good, your good word, and glorify your who is in cry for Jesus. Appealing to men to decide now. Remember that now is the time. Now is the time. So Paul says, be reconciled. Please be reconciled. First of all, we must be reconciled. Then we can take the message of reconciliation to others. Say amen. amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. Thank you for joining us for the Sunday morning's Bible study and sermon. We believe you have been blessed by the word. Join us same time next Sunday and have a blessed week.